1: Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. That's M I K E D U G A R. Chris, talk to him.
2: What is good, everyone? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C K I D D 206,
1: and that's C KID 206. Chris. This is a huge We Was Right show. Like, we're not going to toot our own horn too much on here. At least I'm going to try not to. But, like, if people people who have been listening to this show for a minute here, and then we're coming to everyone the day that Pete fired Shoddy. That's what happened Tuesday night. This is when we're recording. This is what we're talking about. We're going to get to that. I think it was two weeks ago after they lost, or after they beat the Niners, I had a theory that, th- that Pete, Shoddy, Russ, and some variation of other offensive coaches were just all not on the same page with how they wanted to score points for the most part. The next week, the pizza analogy. And uh, uh, thank you for putting the clip together. I tweeted the clip out. For those who didn't see it, essentially I said, Pete, Russ, and Shadi, and maybe some other offensive coaches are the equivalent of a bunch of dudes in the kitchen who are all hungry and know that they want to eat. But they can't... And they can all agree that they want pizza. right? Pizza is the equivalent of scoring points in this analogy. They want to score points. They want pizza. One person wants Domino's. One wants little scissors. One wants Pizza Hut. Then you go take it a step further. Somebody somebody don't eat meat. Somebody don't eat red meat. And somebody wants pepper... The What's the, you know, pepperoni sausage. The meat lover's joint. They want that. So now everyone's in the kitchen, can't decide. They know they all hungry. And eventually... Let's say Pete is the one who wants the Little Caesars. They end up with Little Caesars, yep, because that's the boss. Let's say they all in Pete's house. Like it's my house. We're gonna eat Little Caesars. Don't care what you guys want, you know. Uh, and that's what it's gonna be. So that means Russ and Chaddy and whoever else is all in the corner eating they slice. Like, eat. man. <laughs> I mean, this pizza's cool, but Domino's is better. I feel you, bro. I would have, you know, like it's it's just not all. Everyone's not aligned, right? That was the what was that? That was a week ago. That that was last. Wasn't that? Yeah, it was last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what do you know? Shotty's gone now. Why? Because they couldn't decide on what pizza they wanted. They couldn't decide on what was the best way to run an offense, quarterbacked by Russell, with this roster, with these receivers. And it's probably even though I didn't think it would happen. Like people asked me that after Saturday's loss, I was like, probably not. I I figured Pete Carroll would say, hey. Highest scoring offense in franchise history. How I'm gonna fire that guy? That's when people ask me. That's what I told him. I told him I personally would not fire a Shotty. At the same time, Chris, this is probably the no one will be known about Pete Carroll. This is probably the least surprising result so far of the off season that he got rid of the guy who was throwing it all over the place at the highest rate of any coordinator Pete's ever had.
2: Yeah. When you sent, because people don't know, we had already recorded an
1: episode for. Today, yeah, Tuesday afternoon, we already, we already had
2: one. We already had one in the bag. Mike was on his way to the crib to get ready to, you know, relax. Maybe write a story or two on something he has planned. And Mike's gonna be a tech. I'm like, when is he? Open it up. I say, oh, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I gotta get the story in. Then we gotta record. And I was like, you're, you're right. We're, we're gonna actually have to record because everything that we just talked about in the offense, your analogy with pizza and not knowing what they want to eat or where they want to eat, how many, what, you know, what's on the pizza. It all came to fruition. Pete said, nah, we eating this. We eating this. And Pete and Shoddy, I got to let you go. <laughs> and Shoddy was like, cool, because I'm trying to change the game. I'm trying to bring this team back to a chance for a Super Bowl. And you're just stuck in your ways of doing it your way or the highway. And it's that simple. And he chose the highway, yeah. And I'm not mad, I'm not mad at Shoddy. I thought it would work out. I didn't think he was going to get let go. All the information you was feeding me. I'm like, you know, that makes sense. Why would he, Why would he let him go? He's done everything he's asked outside of maybe, hey, fourth and one, we're going to go for it. (laughs) You're not going for it. You're punting the ball. What do you mean? We got to win this game. You're punting. Okay, fine. We'll punt. Oh, delay. Delay of game. Now we got back up five yards. So now we really can't fake it.
1: Are you talking about uh, in the playoff game? In the playoff game. It's the Rams.
2: Now we really can't even go for it. That's all the question. Even if if Shotty wanted to undermine Pete, which I don't think he would ever do, but if he wanted to do that, that option was out the door when they got that penalty for delay of game, and now they had to punt it. It all came down to it, and it's wild how it happened. I really, when you sent that text, I'm like, what is Mike one now? I'm like, oh, snap. Well, scratch that last episode that was really powerful and cool. We got to talk about the next steps. We got to talk about Pete showing us everything, talking about, yeah, I got we got coordinators that are going to be you know, getting interviews here and there. Little did we know, in the back of his head, he was like, this is going to be shoddy's last day with the seahawks
1: i don't think he knew well maybe he maybe he did maybe he didn't i think because they had a meeting pete meets with every coach people don't know here's how it goes they lose saturday they you know have a locker room thing like hey guys let you this sucks deuces then sunday everyone meets with their position coach they meet with uh their their coordinator on their side of the ball in the facility pack up their stuff kumbaya and get out Right? And then Pete meets with all his strength people. He meets with all his coordinators and everything. I don't know if he had met with Shadi and his, his staff. I, I would imagine Probably that he that. met with them on Monday. He did Players Sunday, um, media, and then coaches on Monday. right? And then it was something like this. This is kind of how my read on the situation, which I consider to be fairly accurate. They sat down and they talked about what 2021 would look like because Shadi still had a year left on his deal. He says, look, guys. Or Pete's like, look, this is how I kind of want to get down. I want to revert more to what we were doing before, you know. when I mean, We was running the rock and doing the style of ball that I like, protecting it. And then Shotty's like, "Come on, bro. I want to. Let's look at this roster. Look did at you see Russell. What I did? Look at DK. <laughs> look at what we did earlier. We can capture that. We can throw this rock around. Like that's the way to 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 get down." And he's and Shotty says something to the equivalent of, "Yo, if we're not gonna be th- throwing this rock, I'm out." And Pete's probably like, "Turning your key card." Love you.
2: Thank you for the, yeah. for the time here, man.
1: Hopefully I didn't handshake, got dap COVID. But, like, <laughs> maybe, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is it went something like that. Yeah. Um, like, you know, or Pete was like, look, are you going to run this rock in 2021 And no? Shadi was like, you know what, that's what you want to do. Something like that. And that's not to say anyone's right or wrong in the situation, but I think it's important to know that that's how it went. And, Chris, when I was researching some of the stuff, when I was writing a story that's already out on The Athletic now, if you listen to this, go to The Athletic. Stories on there. I looked up the last time Pete got rid of a coordinator on the Russ era. I know he got rid of, I think his name was Jeremy Bates after the 2010 season and got Bevel. But I, I don't think that is relevant to this discussion because everything changes once you have a quarterback, especially when you're talking about the OC. Um, he got rid of Bevel. In 20, after the 2017 season when they didn't make the playoffs, right? He got rid of his OC and his DC at the time. Fire, Chris, Richard, We two. both disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like either move, uh, really. We, yeah, neither one of us liked either move. But I thought it was important to note that if you look at some of the passing numbers in those years, in Russ's years, you know, I'm actually going to pull them up. I didn't put them all in my story, um, but here they are. These are the neutral passing rates, right? So that Excuse me. These are the early down passing rates in neutral situations i.e. it's not garbage time and it's not the two minute warning right when every team is usually throwing um this is in, in 2012 russ's rookie year 44.5 percent it's 28th in the league and russ is in the super bowl year 47 percent 24th in the league in 2014 they were at 45 percent that's how often they were passing on early downs that's first and second down in neutral situations so basically when the game is completely normal Right? This is what you're calling. Um, They were 29th in the league in 2014. In 2015, they were 26th in the league, right? In 2016, they bumped all the way up to 54%. They were at 11th in the league. That was a year that uh, I think Marshawn was hurt, or Marshawn was retired. Remember when they had like Alex Collins and. Thomas Rawls, Thomas Rawls and, yes. Uh, JD, maybe not JD McKissick. Alex Collins. They brought Turban back. Yeah, did, no, the 2016. I can't remember. They couldn't run the ball. That right? was, that it, was it, fact. it was bad. Right. So in 2017, it's even worse. Eddie Lacy's out of uh, out of. He's overweight, out of shape. Thomas Rawls, Chris Carson. They don't get it done. JD McKissick. They don't get it done. They end up being the most pass heavy they've ever been under Russ. 56, percent highest rate in the league. Bevel gets canned. They hire Schottenheimer. They go immediately back. Actually, let's start with week one and week two. They lose, Chris. Remember, they lost to the, the, the Broncos and the Bears. What does Pete do? He, sit, he sits Shottie down after they get back from Chicago and lose on Monday Night Football. He says, look here, we're going to run this rock. Shottie says, okay. What happens? They end up 38% early down neutral passing uh, uh, passing rate in neutral situations. That's the lowest mark in the league. They go from the pass-heaviest team in the league to to the most run-heavy in a matter of one season. And how'd they finish that year, Mike? Wild card round. Lost at, lost at Dallas. When they should have been throwing more, <laughs> but Pete didn't care. Pete didn't not. care that that's how they lost. Pete's cool with going down running. You know how you say going down swinging? He's <laughs> He's like, I'm, we're I'm if going we go down, down running, running <laughs> that's what I believe in. right? So fast forward. In, 20, in 2019, they're at 49% uh, pass rate. This is all according to the homie Ben Baldwin and his advanced box score site. I love this site. I use it all the time. In 2020, they're back up to 61, percent fifth highest in the league, highest rate of Russ's career. Shoddy gets fired or let go, parted ways. Whatever I don't know these verbs. I don't know the verbiage. Whatever. He's not with the Seahawks anymore. Yeah, he ain't working here. He ain't getting paid. Right. That's like, all you know. Or maybe need he know. is getting paid. I don't know how that works with the uh, coordinator contracts. But anyway, the point here is there's a pattern. It's a two-person sample, but it's a pattern. As soon as you throw the ball more than Pete likes you're gone. Crazy. Like, you're you're gone. And I don't want to say that Pete doesn't have the right to do that. He does. It's his office. It's, it's exactly. <laughs> it's his butt on the line too. Like that's he's in charge. When you are in charge, you can do that. Like I, that's what I would tell you if I was in, like if you're in, when you get your own team, you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah. I don't know if uh, this is a maybe an obscure refer- reference, but maybe people will get it. There's a movie on Netflix called uh, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom. Uh, have you seen it with Ch- Chadwick Boseman? I haven't, Chad. Viola, Viola need Viola to. Viola Davis. Really good. And Chad Bo- Chad- Chadwick Boseman's character plays a trumpet player in Viola Davis's band. And Chadwick is like a disgruntled guy. He wants his own group, right? He, does, he wants his own band. He says it the whole movie. I'm going to start my own band, and I'm going to write my own songs, and I'm going to be a star, Right? And then they basically tell Chadwick, "Yo, if you you right now you're in Ma's band, so you play her music, mm. you play her songs." And Chadwick didn't like that. And I won't spoil the ending for you. Um, but there's been plenty of movies, or you know, like that, where people are in a group, and then one person wants their own thing. Bobby Brown, you name New it. Edition, yeah, there's a you know, ton of examples. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of rock band examples. But that's the point. That's the dynamic here, and understanding that dynamic, I think, is more important than dissecting why or why not uh pete should have fired him. I don't really I don't necessarily have a, a thought a super strong thought one way or the other because I mean we were critical of Shoddy. We think they should have more yards after catch in the damn scheme. Yeah. We think their quick game should be better. We think they should do more things to neutralize the rust with screens or whatever misdirection and stuff. We think Shoddy could have been better. We can agree on Absolutely. that. Absolutely
2: right? shoddy could have done a whole bunch of things differently and that's fine. We've talked about it. You guys have heard the episodes where we're going back and forth Describing what plays the Seahawks can run, how they can get DK in better position, right. what they can do for Tyler, what they can do for Freddie Swain—you name it. There's they have the opportunity with the talent to create stuff. But what if Shadi was doing all those things? Right, exactly. <laughs> we don't know. We don't have any answers to that. We're not Mike. Unfortunately, is not able to be there taking notes, listening to QB conversations, wide receiver conversations. He's not there. Right. All you can do is go on the Zoom calls ask the questions, and if they give answers, Exactly. there it is. If they don't, Mike cannot do anything
1: about that. <laughs> None now, of us can.
2: Yeah, if Mike was able to get in there and hear all the stuff, Mike would have told you guys this a long time ago. Shadi is actually coming up with a great plays that are, what Chris and I have talked about in the podcast a bunch of times. He's doing that. And Pete says, that's not happening, player. We're running this. <laughs> if you don't want to run this, you got to go. And what does Shadi do? Okay, I got you.
1: We'll run it. But it came all to an end. Right, because it didn't work didn't work because it, it, it didn't work and i don't think and this is not to say like shoddy was perfect right i don't think it really matters who the oc is in this system <laughs> and I, I think that's very important to, that's kind of the place where i'm at i know people probably don't agree it's like ah good thing they fired shoddy mike let's get okay. a new guy yep <laughs> <laughs> i don't really because that's remember fire bevel used to trade uh, tr- uh trend that was on twitter man. every game him and cable it was like fire tom cable fire um uh Fire Daryl Bevel, right? And it just it I agree with the cable thing because they're O lines.
2: And then the biggest thing was we bad. talked about it was, if Bevel draws up this play and the O line's trash, what do you want Bevel to do? <laughs> <laughs> what is Bevel supposed to do with his offensive line? He has to call a play, right? <laughs> he got to do something. You want De- Derek Bevel just to just not call anything and just be like, screw it, this O line sucks, I quit. I mean, and he, he could have done that, but he didn't. He tried to work it out, make plays with the best that he had. What he had and it didn't work out. And, and when and they th- fired him,
1: it makes sense to me. Sorry, Mike. And no, no, you, I want to expand on that point. My bad, cut you off. And we don't even know if the oh, plays yeah. that we've seen were Bevel or Pete, because yeah. I think this is what Pete would probably say if we're critical of the example of. Let's give two examples: one on defense, one on offense. In the Buffalo game in Week Nine, there was a it was third and sixteen. Pete called a blitz, mm. right? Yeah, he told all that out that. blitz. Yep what happened they got burned by screen. a screen and that yeah. basically ended the game yeah that's
2: yeah. to john brown right yeah i yeah. think so
1: yeah ended the game right and pete after that, he was like yo i called that blitz that, that burned us like that and it was like whatever that was not the only play that cost him you know in that game right but then let's fast forward to that fourth and one you mentioned yeah right um pete says hey shoddy called something i i overruled and it took us a little longer russ messed up the cadence false start now we got a punt I want to even use another example. That oh, was meant, it a false start? My bad. Yeah, it was a false okay, start by Jordan bad. Simmons. Yep. Doesn't matter. Same thing. J- Jordan went when the clock hit zero. So, I mean, like... Either or. Yeah, either it was going to be a false start or a delay a game. Doesn't really matter. Either way, I think something very similar probably happened at the time of... Uh, remember when Marshawn was supposed to come in the game on that oh, on the goal line he, he against the like, Niners? <laughs> in Week 17, <laughs> and it ended up being a delay game. Yep. Also. Because he didn't... Uh, even, actually, gone. he
2: didn't know what was going on. He was... He was like, why am I getting in the game? Like, what? Yeah, the <laughs> was communication
1: wasn't, wasn't there. And uh, what Pete would counter with that is you guys don't know all of the times that I do that, and it works. right? We don't know how many times that Pete has overruled something and it's a touchdown. right? Or, or he's overruled something and it's a sack. We don't know. That probably happens, especially on defense. I feel like his hand is more in there than not. It doesn't really matter whether Pete's good at those things or necessarily bad at those things or right or wrong for meddling in there or, you know, if I had all that power and I was in a high leverage situation, I would probably meddle as well. Right? Like that just probably would. The fact is that it's happening. And when you have Russell, the the hourglass flips over and the sand starts pouring. You need to win a Super Bowl. They yeah. did. They did in his second year. Yeah. Cool. Do it again. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, they went back in his in his third year. They didn't get it done. Okay, cool. You gotta get back there. Right. It's the same thing that Saints fans probably felt after two thousand nine. Packers fans probably felt after ah when did the Packers win? Two thousand ten, maybe they won the Super Bowl. Um that's probably how they felt. All right, cool, you won with Aaron Rodgers, you won with Drew Brees, Steelers fans too, after they won with Big Ben in his second year. Do it again. Right? You gotta do it again. The clock is ticking. And if we and if it comes to a point where we feel like you, boss man, are holding us back. Because you because you keep sticking your hand in there when stuff goes wrong, well then that that becomes a topic of discussion. Like the numbers matter a little bit, and like the candidates matter. The the, 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 the Dave Canales or the Pep Hamiltons or what's the other name I've seen floating out there? The Eagles coach that just got canned. Peterson, Doug Peterson. Uh, NFL Network reported that uh, the Chargers OC uh, would be a candidate because he runs the ball a lot. Never mind the fact that the Chargers were very bad at running the ball <laughs> when he was there. He just runs it. He just runs I look it. Look at that as a candidate. Uh, like, think about that. He's a candidate. I think, uh, how do you say Mike's last name on Info Network? What's his? Garafolo. Garafolo. Mike Garofolo tweeted that out, and people hit him up like, guys, you're, Mike, you're, you're, you're tripping. The Chargers are bad at running the ball. Why would they hire that guy? Oh, well, what do you know? Mike responds. He's like, well, hey, look, that's just what they want to do. They want to run it more. Brian Schottenheimer. What were they really good at in New York when he was the OC? Running the ball. I forget who they had. Did they have Frank Gore? I think they did. Tom. I think they had someone whose last name was Jones. Thomas Jones, maybe. Anyway, with those Mark Sanchez teams, they were running, right? That's why Pete hired him. Which is why in Shotty's first year, they were running it a lot. So if if run or die,
2: <laughs> name it, of this podcast is the mandate here. <laughs>
1: I don't really know how to feel about the pros- the Seahawks prospects going forward. You
2: made a really good – not even a point. It was just a fact. You
1: look at that Jets
2: team, right, with Sanchez. They I'm going to look at who they're running back. Go ahead. I'm going to look at who they're running the back. They have the receivers was. or the talent that the Seattle Seahawks have. Schottenheimer comes to Seattle, and he's like, oh, my, I got a gold mine. <laughs> I don't have to run the ball the whole damn game and just pray that we get out of this game with a win. I can actually throw it to a DK Metcalf, who was an amazing receiver. He can get better at his hands. His route running is getting better. I got Tyler Lockett, who is underrated and one of the best receivers that I've seen. I got a quarterback that can do it all—run, pass. He's smart. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Oh, I'm gonna—we're gonna set the league on fire. Oh, it and, was Thomas Jones, yes. Okay, and you saw that weeks one through nine, mm-hmm. and that goes back to Pete. <laughs> no, we can't do that, man. <laughs> I get that we have the talent, but I want to control the game. I want to win these tight games where we're in control. And Shadi's looking at him, thinking, "In control? I mean, we're one turnover away from losing the damn game. How is that in control? I know Pete is big on if we don't turn the ball over, we win the game. And he said that, and when he talked about in the post game after losing against the Rams, he said, "If we don't turn the ball over, you know, we're in good position." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh God, Pete, not not this again. Good position. How about if you're slinging the rock, allowing your players to get open and doing these things differently, double teaming Aaron Donald, you have an opportunity." We have a whole different game. You let Thumbless come down here.
1: Oh, Jared Goff? <laughs> yeah. The guy you, with the broken thumb?
2: He came down here and, and handed the ball off and threw a touchdown. That's just not acceptable. And you want to win ugly. If Peter had won that game, he would have... I told you guys, you know, we're here. This is what we want to do. And the Saints would have probably blew their doors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: yeah i think winning ugly is dangerous winning ugly is really shout out to hold on let me pull this guy's name up um someone dm'd me a chart that i mean i already knew the results of um but i thought it was really interesting either way it basically breaks down how, many, how winning ugly has translated in the Seahawks' playoff games. And you guys know. and all the playoff games under Pete Carroll, for the most part, the team usually trails by a touchdown at some point. Crazy. At least one touchdown. The exceptions are, uh, let's see, what are the exceptions? Uh, the Saints game, one of those years. Uh, the Broncos' Super Bowl. Uh, the Panthers in a divisional round when Cam picks sixes Cam. Uh, that Eagles game from 2019. Uh, An alliance from 2016. All the rest of the games is pretty much that they they trail at some point by at least a touchdown or more, and some of those games are getting roasted down yeah. twenty, down eighteen, down seventeen. They were down seventeen against the Rams, down eighteen against the Packers last last year, down twenty three to the Falcons on the road, down thirty one to the Panthers in twenty fifteen. Like there's, and I don't think that's just like happenstance. Yeah. That's a product of a guy who feels like hey, in the fourth quarter. We got a shot. It's like well no coach, we were down we're down thirty one <laughs> at the start of the third <laughs> quarter, man. That's a problem.
2: You're asking for too much here, coach.
1: Yeah, Why it, not just be in the game from the jump? The margin of uh, margin for error with with Pete's style of play or his philosophy—it's so—it's so thin. It's none, man. When you're playing for the, when you're playing to just be clutch at the end, just say it's none, man. I mean, you have some margin <laughs> for error because that's how you uh, win the NFC title game against the Packers that year, right? Yeah. Because you, there is a way. Botched fumble or botched kick—it was it Oh, it was onside so much kick. stuff. It was so yeah. much stuff. Yeah, it was so many things that had it to go right with the onside kick and the two-point conversion. No, it's a ton of stuff. But you have to have like those memorable plays. You have to have Blair Walsh miss a chip shot when you play like that. Right. And that's that's just not sustainable. I don't think and you're seeing it in their playoff games. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless they're the clearly more talented team, they got to win by the skin of their teeth. And that's that's I mean, that's kind of how the playoffs goes, but it doesn't really have to. Not with the way the the Seahawks rosters have been constructed, you know, when they make the, the postseason. And I think this is a this is a very important thing, too. I asked Pete Carroll on Monday, I said, Pete. Who holds you accountable? The, mm. Like I said, who who can get in your ear and tell you the truth? Because <laughs> I know he's the, I know he's in charge, right? So I, in my head, I'm like, who who who's your tell the truth Monday partner? You know what I mean? And he he responded. He was like, you know, I gauge loyalty by who's going to tell me what I need to hear. He said that the people who can get <laughs> in his ear, the first two names he gave me were Brandon Carroll, his son, and Nate Carroll, his <laughs> other son. And then he mentioned <laughs> Carl Smith, mm. a.k.a. Tater, a former quarterbacks coach who I think got fired, actually, to go be the quarterbacks coach with Deshaun Watson, who started turning up afterwards, by the Facts. way. Uh, and then he mentioned that him and John Snyder kind of have that relationship where they can be truthful with one another. That was it. Chris, let's tally that up for a second here. All right, he gave me four <laughs> names, right? Oh. Four, four non-player <laughs> names for the most part. Because he mentioned Russ and Bobby after I asked about them. But I, come on, they're, in the, they're labor. Yeah, la- labor workers yeah la- exactly la- no sh- knock to them as men but in this realm you are labor labor management that you can't just tell Pete what to do <laughs> hell no cut your <laughs> cut your ass trade your ass so he gave me four non-player names john snyder who does personnel right which is largely irrelevant to this discussion of game philosophy um then you have brennan and nate those are his kids <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> those, are his, those, are his, those are his sons. I'm not going to call them kids, but they're his sons, right? So you have Brennan and Nate. Brennan just took the OC job at the University of Arizona, so he gone. <laughs> so he really just got Nate, who's the receivers coach right now. And then he mentions Carl Smith, who is not here no more <laughs> and who Pete fired. <laughs> so there's only three people, and one of them is his son.
2: I mean i'm sorry that's that's just now there's only two
1: and one of them's his son right so if the only people who can tell you the truth really about game philosophy or management where you're misstepping if one of the main people is the dude who has your last name (laughs) i don't see that as a good (laughs) thing i see that as a problem
2: i can only imagine if my dad was a a gm and he said yeah the only people that can keep me in check is my son this guy i'd be like damn that's how you feel pops like no one i can check you but I'm your son. Like, I should be the last person to tell you what to do. Right. Like, I've never worked for
1: my dad, but I'm pretty sure if I worked for my dad, <laughs> I wouldn't work for my dad very long. <laughs> and I love my dad. But if... I doubt I'd be one of the few people who could get in his ear and tell him he was tripping. Because you know who I'd have to call is my mom or my grandma. <laughs> and they'd be like, ain't no point in talking to him, baby. Exactly. He, he's doing his own thing. Especially as he get older and older. Pete's like 70. Like, Yeah. He, you don't listen to nobody when you get to 70. Um, And because Pete has they got all those banners and all those trophies in the facility or at least they got the trophy and all those other banners for the division titles there's no really been a there's never really been a reason to question that very hard yeah because Pete is the most successful and the best coach in franchise history so him having all that damn power has worked it's means it means a lot man you're seeing it you just broke it down with the the games he's won. How many games does he win a year? He's, Nine he, or ten. Yeah, he's, he's averaging like double digits. I think he's got like a hundred plus wins. Like, no, his his way works in the grand scheme, right? That's why he ain't gone nowhere. That's why Jody Allen just gave him a five year extension. Yeah, right. That I get that. Like, if that's all the things that Pete would counter with, if he was listening to us right now, he'd be like, Mike, Chris, do you see? Do you see my banners? Like, this is. What I'm doing is getting it. Do you see these four Hall of Famers I drafted in a three-year span? And then
2: I raise my hand and say, Pete, I do. But at what point are you going to get catch up with the Joneses, man? Things are changing. It's not 1999 no more. It's 2021. Your way of thinking is great, but you got to try to mix it up. And Shadi was your guy that did it. You guys saw what you were doing. I mean, Bevel was this guy that you tried know too. My, my bad. Bevel was your, was, your, was your example. He was Exhibit A. And you said, screw it. You got Exhibit B. And you said, screw it again. And the cool thing was, Shotty was able to work with you. He was reasoned. Weeks one through nine, Seahawks were killing it offensively, defensively. That was the issue. Then that meeting happened. and There was a little discussion. It didn't all work out. Things changed. Russ wasn't launching the rock like he was used to. Mm -hmm. He was antsy. He wasn't comfortable. Mike noticed there were some changes. I figured something was going on. Ultimately, the pizza theory. It came to fruition. I like the name of that, the pizza theory. It's fire. That is. That's good. And now, now you have no O.C. At this point, Pete, you just take the damn papers. You just call the offense because we know what's going to come to. You're just going to run the rock. You're going to throw it every now and then. Yeah, but he's going he's gonna to run the rock and do play action. <laughs> and, that, and we get it. We, that's something. That's your money. That's your bread and butter. That's what you want to do. So why even bring somebody in? You can literally do it on your own. You can just be the O.C. and head coach. I'm sure that's a lot more on your plate. Yeah, especially but, on
1: game day, yeah. But,
2: I mean, at the same time, we, <laughs> we know what you're going to do. The other team knows what you want to do. Do it your way.
1: Yeah, no. That's I mean, you theoretically he could. It's gonna be a lot on this play, but he could. Yeah, there's coaches who do. Who do? I mean, Sean McVay. I don't think has an OC. No, um,
2: he's calling the offense right then and there. For Ka- you.
1: I don't think Kyle Shanahan does either. Maybe they do in like entitled, in okay. but they don't. Yeah. They don't actually have an OC title. That yeah. yeah. If you ain't calling the plays, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so that's the other thing you mentioned what year. It's not 1999. That's the other thing I think that I'm most critical of. If I'm going to be critical of anything with Pete and the philosophy stuff, again, I understand his history. He's the most successful coach in franchise history. I get that. But I think right now, in a more of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, because that's what you do to the players. Players come into a contract extension they'll be like, hey, man, I just did X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, yeah, but you're, t- you're, a- you're insert age here, so what are you going to do going forward, right? That's how it determines when they get extensions. Why can't it be the same, the same the same you? thing with the coach yeah. or the guy who's running the organization. Here's my critique. Offenses have changed. Defenses have changed. The things that worked well in 2011, 10, 12, or even 13 and 14, it doesn't really work anymore. Just look at the type of players you get in the league. You're getting people like you're getting these Julios and these DKs who can do everything. These D-hops who are big but are shifty And can jump high. And then you're getting like these linebackers who, like, linebackers don't look like Bobby Wagner anymore, really. They're a lot lighter, they're a lot smaller, they're a lot faster. Jordan Brooks. Yes. Jordan Brooks is going to end up being like the prototypical middle linebacker. I mean, even look at like Darius Leonard of the Colts, I think he was also all pro. Darius Leonard weighs like 215 pounds. Like, that is not a big dude, right? He's one of the best. I'd be curious to see what Fred Warner um, weighs or even Eric Hendricks or some of these other guys. Like, the traditional style of even the defenders are getting faster right? Like, that's why a Cam Chancellor is going to be the last of a dying breed. We'll never see someone hit people like Cam because you just can't. We've legislated it out of the game. And people, uh, if, you have, if you're have, if you a coverage liability at that position, you're going to have to do something else, like Jamal, yeah. who makes up for it because he sacks the quarterback at a high rate. Like, you're just going to have to do that. Otherwise, you're going to see more Buddha Bakers and Honey Badgers and guys who are going to be interchangeable at those safety spots, Harrison Smiths and stuff like that, because this is how the game is changing. So I think Pete, Really want and he understands that if you talk to him, he'll say like you have to adapt. Like he's been coaching since they were playing the game with leather helmets, right? So he I know he understands that (laughs) adaptation is important. But I just watching the product he puts out there and listening to him talk about it, it's like if you want to go a run first team with this roster, I think you're misguided. If he was if he had the whose roster would be apt for that? The Niners roster, I think. The way the Niners do it, the way the Rams do it. The way the Ravens, Ravens are probably the best example because they have an elite QB. Their QB is elite with his legs. He can throw. He led the league in touch, uh, touchdown passes in 2019. But he, he also ran for 1,200 yards, <laughs> right? Because that's that's what he does. So what does John Harbaugh do? Or whichever Harbaugh is there, I think it's John. Run first offense. Makes perfect sense with the way that roster is constructed. They had a million tight ends. <laughs> their receivers were, were mid. And they ran it a lot with their quarterback. Makes sense. That is not what you do with this roster.
2: Yeah. Hey, have you seen the receivers starting there? Yeah. You
1: start with <laughs> the receivers. Like when I um I was talking with a f- uh, a former I was talking with someone in the know from the Seahawks today, and I was like, man, Bevel got canned after that 2017 team threw it too much. Then you go look at that roster. They had J.D. McKissick, who's a guy that you got to get the ball in space. They had Tyler Lockett. They had P. Rich. They had Doug Baldwin, and they had Jimmy Graham. I would have been throwing a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have a chance. They gave If you give me 250-pound Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls, and Chris Carson breaks his leg after week four, and I'm left with P. Rich, Tyler, Jimmy, Doug, I'm going to throw it. Yeah. Like, that's just going to be my thing. You know why? Because that's what fit the roster. The combination of how this era of football has changed with the rules that basically legislate legislated to protect the quarterback, thus – enhancing the abilities of the passing game. You combine the era of football that we're in with the roster the Seahawks currently have, and living in 2010 is just inexcusable.
2: And what's crazy is we didn't even like the Jimmy Graham trade. You know why? Because the Seahawks were a team that loved to run the ball. It was, gonna, it was like, hey, can Jimmy block? That we're was, about to see. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> that was the. Like, you bring Jimmy in to catch passes and score touchdowns. You saw the. we both watched the game against the Saints when Cam Chansford and Legion of Boom, they were barking at Jimmy. Jimmy only had one touchdown. The Seahawks smoked him. Right. You know, like, they were after that man. But then when Seahawks the got him, it was like, for what? Like, this is not the offense where Jimmy's going to have 15, 12 touchdowns. He's just, it's just not going to happen. They're going to hand the ball off. And I'm thinking, poor Jimmy's going to have to block. And he, he wasn't good at blocking. Jimmy was like, wait, what? I got a chip? What do you mean? I'm, what Chip. Hey, Drew, what is chipping? Oh, that's when you have to. Hit the D in and then go off of your route. He's like, oh, 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 no! I'm gonna fly planes, man. I gotta figure out a key way yeah, to get out yeah. of here.
1: <laughs> it just wasn't his bag,
2: and, and that's okay. They shouldn't have asked that to be his bag. They shouldn't have. That's why I was really. And they gave up some. They gave up some pieces to get him. And I'm they thinking, gave up a lineman who an all pro. Not all yeah, pro. Yeah, Max Unger was all pro. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, and yeah I'm like, all pro year. Yeah, w- you gave up him for Jimmy.
1: You just gave a piece away, for ultimately nothing. To, well, they gave him away and didn't use him right. Same thing with Percy Harvin. I mean, that's the, my point. It, it was a waste. So I don't think that's where it, that's where this is most problematic. Like I'm eventually gonna write about like who should be the guy and things like that. And Mike Dugar. I'm gonna look at some. I don't want to be the OC. If I don't got just, to, if I don't got autonomy, no. If he's just, gonna tell me run the rock, I'm gonna get in there and be like Pete. I'm throwing the DK about ten times a game, whether you like it or not. He's probably like, all right, get out. I'm like, all right, cool. That's, <laughs> that's as short as that would go. The interview would go just like that. I'd be like, look, I'm giving DK ten targets a game. I'm giving Tyler ten targets a game. That's half our. That's a third of our plays right there. What you think? All right, nice to see you. All right, your Uber's outside. This is a great interview. <laughs> yeah, you know. So that that is where I I really am concerned about the future of the Seahawks in that regard because if you're not willing to adapt to at the very, don't even adapt for the era, right? Cause you can have a run first team and be successful. I like look at the, it uh, was a good team, like Cleveland, right? Like you can look at a team. Yeah. Like you can look at a team that's built that way and have success. Again, the Niners, um, again, the, uh, even though Jimmy had a really efficient year in 2019, Jimmy G, the ravens you can have that type of scheme but just look at your weapons but your roster is tailored to fit a certain way and then there is the idea like russ has his shortcomings as a passer no pun intended with the shortcomings thing like <laughs> <Fire>. <laughs> there are things that Russ is not great at right he's best at throwing outside the numbers right he's best with play action like there, i understand the limitations he's working with with the with the quarterback he's still a great player like his ceiling is still mvp um, even if i think his floor is a little lower than we thought The thing is, like, you still have to adapt to the talent. There's no way you should walk into 2021, even if they don't have Chris Carson, right? Let's say you walk in. actually, let's say they don't because that makes it even worse. Let's say you walk into 2021 with Rashad Penny, a rookie running back, and let's say you sign some veteran, right, like Devontae Freeman or something. (laughs) That's more than a veteran. That's a grandpa. (laughs) Let's say those are your running backs, right, and you have DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, and a rookie, and that's what you do, Right. And then you keep, let's say you don't bring back David Moore, but you bring back Philip Dorsett, right? So your receivers are Philip Dorsett, Freddie Swain, DK, John Ursua, Tyler Lockett, Aaron Fuller, and a rookie, right? And your tight ends are?
2: Kobe Parkinson. Kobe Parkinson.
1: Jacob Pollister Jacob and Will Disley. It's how you start the year with Stephon Sullivan as well, right? Those yep. are your tight ends. That is not a team I want in the bottom third of the league in early down pass rate. I want you in the top ten. Throw the freaking ball, right? There's ways to do it where you're not only running deep crossers with Tyler on bootlegs, right? There's a way to do it. Do I know? I'm not paid enough to figure that stuff out, but there is a way, right? And if it, that's what you should be figuring out. It's not who can best serve my interest the most. That's not what you should be doing as the CEO of this whole thing, and that is what he's doing. And that's why, Chris, I don't think this OC job is very attractive, Like, if I'm an OC, if I've been an OC before, because it's going to be attractive to someone who hasn't had that because how else do you become a head coach except becoming a coordinator unless you're a white guy? Um, So it's it's not that attractive to me because if I do some – if you send out, like, three texts, if you're in the league, like, I'm going to text a GM, a coach, and a former player about this situation here and you've been an OC before – you're probably gonna run for the hills because that's not for you, unless you're stuck in the '50s and want to run the veer.
2: Yeah, you talked about. We talked about off wax, in regards to. Well, who wants to come to Seattle just to run the ball? <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> I look out. I see DK. Damn, he's pretty good. The upside is really, I mean, some. Schwartz caught him, or Jim Schwartz, Philly's D coordinator said, "Oh, you're not on Calvin Johnson's level." And DK decided to just destroy Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. Tyler Lockett. One of the most underrated receivers, but boy does he get open! I like that. Freddie Swain. He's really good. He's
1: talented. David Moore, if he's back, he's a. I think David ten- had like six touchdowns this year, or so career, career high, point. right? He, oh, everything he did was a career high. Yeah.
2: Okay, they have some weapons here. Why would I want to come there just to hand the ball off? They might even have Chris Carson, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. He's cool. What are we doing here? <laughs> Who are you drafting? Those are questions that a new offensive coordinator coming in. And to your point, why would I want to come into that? I mean, there's other jobs out there. There's seven jobs open right now. I mean, to your point also that if you want to become a head coach and you're new to the game, sure, you're going to come in and, yeah, Pete, you want to run it? Here we go. I formation, whatever the play is, do your thing, Russ. Mm -hmm. I get it. But if you're someone who sees what the Seahawks has talent-wise and you're thinking they want to go to the Super Bowl, why are they consistently attempting to – Run the ball down teams' throat especially when these other teams know exactly what they want to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We read a perfect, we, we read an amazing piece not too long ago was about the Rams' defense and oh, what Staley yeah. is doing. And he was like, "If you want to run the ball, cool. <laughs> You're not going to
1: be able to throw the ball on us. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very tough." That's how you score points, and ex- that's what ex- it's explosive all about. pass players Every coach will tell you that.
2: That's what it's all about. At the end. Of the day, at the end of the day, when that clock hits zero and you guys have played 60 minutes, you look up at that scoreboard, saw about who had the most points. Mm-hmm. And Pete's in the, in the theory of, I like ugly wins. If win 17 14 that's what I like. I like it grinded out. I want to be nervous. Why? <laughs>
1: Why even go? So well, he's that? never nervous in those situations. Okay, okay not nervous, fans, but, but it's more so.
2: He just loves that, and it's, it, I you like grinding it out. There's nothing wrong with the
1: grind, but at what point do you want to just
2: have a Super Bowl game where you win forty three to eight? did not that feel good? Yeah,
1: that's the. Uh, I, I always make fun of Pete's, uh, can you win the game in the first, first quarter? Can you no. win the game in the – No. It, I make fun of that speech so much because of the irony in it is hilarious. Dude, you won the Super Bowl off the first play. Denver was done. Well, let's say that whenever Demarius got, got smacked by Cam, the game was over. I'm pretty sure that was the first quarter.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm 99% sure it was as well.
1: So that guy who believes that speech so adamantly, so passionately, Won the biggest game of his life. In the first quarter. And yeah. <laughs> it, at the very least by halftime. At the, at the at the latest, it was Percy's kick return, which is the top of the third. <laughs> like, that's it. Everything after that is a done deal. If anyone who disagrees is a fool. Right? So you look at the attractiveness of this job. There's seven openings right now for head coaches, I think. Dallas. Or, excuse me. Uh, Detroit. New Atlanta. York. Philly. The Jets. The Jaguars. Houston. And the Chargers, that's seven. So that's seven head coaches who are also going to need OCs. That's why I said there are seven jobs open. I don't know the inner working. You'd have to. I'd have to know the head coach to gauge the attractiveness there. Um, and it probably would depend on, you know, what the team, what some of those teams plan on doing at QB. Like, what are the Jags going to do? They're going to take Trevor Lawrence. What is what is Detroit going to do? What is Atlanta going to do? But in general, I think I'd much rather be in those situations than this one.
2: (laughs) Look at the Atlanta receivers. Good
1: go. Where the expectations here are really (laughs) high, too. Yeah. The expectation here is Super Bowl. Like, Shadi just put together... Like, Shadi's never had a worse than top 10 DVOA offense. I think he's never been worse than, like, eighth. You know, like, he puts together really efficient offenses. He does what you should do with this talent. For the most part. That and goes back to the to the Jets point when he had Mark Sanchez, like, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs>
2: you want me to throw the ball to these guys?
1: No. Yeah. No. Hand no the quor- ball off. quarterback fumbled off another dude's ass. <laughs> I'm probably not gonna throw with that guy. <laughs> like that's that's not what it is. So like if I'm looking at this job and I'm like a Pep Hamilton or even the QB coach in Indy, I think his name is Marcus Brady, or some of the other dudes, like I think I, I wouldn't mind. I think Jay Gruden was the Jags O. C uh, most recently. Like I think I've mentioned Bill O'Brien, um, who I think was a good play caller in Houston he was just bad at everything else um why would I even want th- why would I come here and the expectation is I have to the last dude that I'm succeeding had the highest scoring offensive franchise history and got and got the boot like that is not super attractive it's not to say there won't be willing candidates somebody's gonna want it multiple people will probably want it I'm just saying that the dynamic here is very important relationships are important there's a reason that the Jets job is not that attractive it's the Jets there's a reason the Jags job is kind of eh it's the it's the Jags it's the reason that no one should touch that Houston Texans job with a ten foot pole because they got the dude who came in there worshiping Jesus is now running the operations of football. <laughs> the man, what? <laughs> Stay away from that dude. Like that, that those jobs are bad because of the organizations, right? Like the people who it goes beyond the rosters and stuff. It goes it's to ownership. It's to it's to just overall f- like just dysfunction over there, right? Not to say the Seahawks are dysfunctional, although there's people who would describe it like that to me. That is something you want to avoid, I think, and that goes to it goes to Pete. He's created that. As much as he's created a culture that all the veterans want to come to, and they play the rap music during practice, and it's great, and guys can be themselves, and they love each other, and they can speak out against racism, yada, 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 yada. What we're talking about right now is the fact that somebody's going to come in here and take this job, and they got to eat Little Caesars. <laughs>
2: Whether they want to or Or not,
1: not. (laughs) you got to eat some little Caesars. With pepperoni. Yeah. And you're a vegetarian. I don't care if you're Muslim. You're going to (laughs) eat this swine. (laughs) If that is what we are ordering, right? That's just how it goes. Yeah. And and I don't think, like, that doesn't mean the Seahawks are going to stink, you know, for the next few years or whatever. But also, you got to wonder how long does Russ want to put up with that? To be honest, like, how much does he want to be like, dude, I'm making $35 million a year. I'm trying to win MVP. I'm trying to get us to the Super Bowl. What are we doing here? Like, do you plan on drafting Marshawn again? Like, that's the other thing about Pete's philosophy, too. It relies on having elite stuff,
2: a power backer.
1: We talk all the time on this show about how he's results based. You got to look at the process, too. You drafted four Hall of Famers in three drafts. Mm. That's Earl, Sherm, Bobby, and Russ are going to get in. I'm iffy on Cam, and uh, I don't know if Cam Chance is going to have the numbers to get in. But you drafted all of those dudes and traded for Marshawn in like a three year window. Those are some of the greatest players in NFL history, not just franchise history. If your scheme needs that, good luck, it is unsustainable. So, like, if anyone right now is listening to this show, I'm like, wait a minute, is Mike telling us we should be panicking? I mean, kind of. You should be a little worried. Like, if, if you're one of those people who's like, yo, I'm tired of going to the first round and losing, I'm tired of going to the second round and losing, then, yeah, you should be worried. Because there's no reason to think that it's going to get better. Yeah. Unless they hit on a generational talent, like, let's say Marquise Blair turns out to be like all pro talent good. Or Daryl Taylor is like the next Cliff Averill or something like that. Some, or they hit on a draft pick this year that ends up being like all pro from the jump like a Darius Leonard or like as good as Earl was. It's possible. If you but you have to hit on one of those. Because if they're if they're if the talent is going to be even relative to the Packers and Saints and Cardinals and Niners and all the Vikings or whatever, all these other teams, if their talent is going to be relative, I don't think the scheme will put them over the top.
2: And we talked about that it was the last episode we mentioned that they have the talent but if the scheme doesn't work what is there to do what's next if you can't figure out how you're going to run the offense and the defense is not hitting on all cylinders what is there what is it what's left and not to mention the defense might lose some pieces that's not a for sure thing that Sha- Sha- Shaquille Griffin comes back you lose him now you're wondering yeah what do they do at corner what do you though? do at corner yeah what if they lose what if they don't bring back KJ that's another issue i mean there's going to be This is going to be a tough offseason, and it's even tougher now. You just fired a guy, or he walked away, whatever the case may be. Yeah, he he, he gone. He gone. Whatever the case may be, and Brian Schottenheimer, that was running a talented offense, it fizzled down at the end of the year, but right in the middle, pretty good. Not bad. Again, we touched on things that he can work on, whatever the case may be in that regard, but he's gone now. And Pete is left with head coach, defensive coordinator, and an open spot with the offensive coordinator. And again, Pete, you might as well just take it. You just take it yourself, man.
1: You know what he should do? He just make Nick Carroll the OC. Just make, make his son the OC. You'll his listen. son will listen. <laughs> that's or it. Or t- Dad, you shut up, run the ball. Or maybe his son won't listen. I don't know. I don't know whether, whether that's good or bad. I don't I don't know. I'd have to know more about that relationship. But I just I think that's that's really what it comes down to. That whoever comes in here is gonna have to eat some little Caesars. And yeah. I, I I don't mind little Caesars. We had it. It was for, good for the, for the Niners game. I like little We agreed Caesars. on it. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't Mike going
2: Hey, where's the nearest Domino's? Well, damn, Mike, you only got 15 minutes? Nah,
1: I think Domino's <laughs> is trash. I like, oh, okay. I like I like Pizza Hut well, okay, uh, it worked the most. Out. But you know what I did? I settled for Little Caesars <laughs> <laughs> for the game. <laughs> got, if anyone listened to the Zoom calls after the Niners win... Uh, If if you saw Russ say, Mike, you're eating on some pizza before Zoom. That, that's what I was doing. I was eating some. <laughs> that some, was so funny. Some Little Caesars. Yeah, you over there grubbing, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> Mike realize, like, Mike. I didn't realize the camera was on. Uh, anyway, whatever. But, yeah, I think that's really important to note here. We're, we're going to spend some time dissecting the numbers and everything and whether Shadi should have got fired or whether he was good or whether it's Russ's fault or Pete's fault or DK's fault or the O-line's just trash. We didn't talk about the O-line much, but – I think the 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 dynamic here in this in the v Mac right now is what is most important culture relationships function uh everyone being on the same page when you don't have elite talent you you have to have all those things in a row. When you have Marshawn Lynch and three hall of four Hall of Famers on your defense at the same damn time, sure. it ball. doesn't matter. You guys could be <laughs> punching each other the day before the Super Bowl and still win by 30. <laughs> I don't think that that can be the case if it's all even. And right now, it's pretty even. I don't say the Seahawks being like, world's better talent-wise than anyone else. Like, they can be even, but not world's better. And if that's the case, the Seahawks are just gonna have to get lucky. Because right now, the way the structure is set up, they're not in a good position to get another trophy
2: it's gonna be very hard i mean i'll just bring up the 49ers they had a banged up team
1: everyone that was banged up guess
2: what they will be back next season
1: oh there's gonna be plenty of teams that are good next year i think the cardinals will be better next year it's It's gonna be a lot
2: and if pete is still in that mode of (laughs) let's just do what we've been doing these teams are probably gonna figure it well they have figured out what they're gonna do is okay cool we're going to do these things differently. We're going to adapt. We're going to try new things. We're going to be using our talent and taking what the defense gives. I get give the too high safety notion. Makes sense. And we talked about it on the podcast that we're not going to even drop. Yeah, it nah, became it's, it's irrelevant. Just, it's out the window now. Yeah. But it goes back to the point of it's not 999. You've got to figure something out. Like you can still run the ball, it's just got to be with the talent you have out there and the quarterback you have. It shouldn't be run, 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 run. Eh, we'll pass now pass 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 run
1: Surpri- surprise just, the defense yeah just do something that fits your roster i don't I care guess about that's the sc- best way yeah i don't it. care about the script when you do like i care about the overall rate relative to the talent on your roster so i mean you said the the offseason is going to be tough yeah it is i say this is the hardest offseason they're probably going to ever have or at least this yeah. is the hardest they've, they've had since getting Russ. Because obviously looking for a quarterback is tough. They got left on red by Peyton Manning. <laughs> they flew a plane to his house unannounced. <laughs> Pete texts him, say, hey, I'm here. He's like, you're where? <laughs> Why are you in Denver? <laughs> Go home. Or I forget where he was at the time. They, they, they borrowed a private jet and flew up on Peyton without even calling first. Didn't work out. No, it didn't work. He signed with Denver. Uh, like, that was a hard offseason, too, because they needed a quarterback. But ever, ever, since then, this is going to be the hardest one. You don't have money. You don't have a lot of picks. You could lose some free agents. You have a quarterback who spent all off season sending subliminal shots at Pete. Remember? Uh, me? The defense needs superstars. Who's in charge of that? Pete. <laughs> oh, we uh we should run more up tempo. Who's in charge of the offense? Hey hey Pete, you want to change some things? Oh, he's, he's like, I wish we were more like the Chiefs. Hey Pete, aren't you and Andy reading close? And huh? what did, what did Pete do? He responded. He said, oh, Cool, I got you a superstar. Got you Tomorrow. Jamal. mm mm-hmm. Um uh, I don't. They used a little bit more tempo earlier in the year, but yeah, we the, most, the <laughs> most important thing is they looked. They looked more like the Chiefs. In yeah. they were scoring more than the Chiefs. Thirty points a game. They were scoring what thirty. What po- 30 30, was it? 32? Uh, Depends on what week you're asking me, but I think like thirty by yep. through the first eight games, like 30.4 30, 30. or something like that. They were filling Russell's wishes. What would they do the back half? Say, Urgh! sit down. Yeah, <laughs> and what happened? Early exit. So. That makes the offseason even trickier. Like how many more subliminal shots are gonna get from Russ in these interviews? Uh whether it's at the Super Bowl or on Colin Coward's show or whatever on his podcast. Now we're now you're just back in the same thing. Now you gotta deal with all that stuff again. With less money than you had to work with last year and fewer picks. And a new offensive coordinator. Woo! <laughs> Can we <Yeah>. say disaster? <laughs> yeah, one of one of the one of the homies uh in a Twitter group thread DM was like, Man, I guess I'm just gonna have to start getting used to this. And I said, yes, (laughs) yes, you will. It's going to be a fun next few years, Chris. I tweeted out, Russell Wilson is under contract through 2023. Pete Carroll is under contract through 2025. John Snyder, because of the extension he got Tuesday, is through 2027. I don't know how many people are even going to make it to 2023 Mm. at this point with the way this is going. We'll see. We will see. We want to thank you guys for listening to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Uh, try not to freak out too much. Sorry, folks. Um, enjoy some Little Caesars if you do. We need a Little Caesars sponsorship <laughs> after this, uh, but we're going to probably cut down to one show a week uh, now that the off season's here, just you know, for our sanity. And ain't nothing to talk about really uh, when there ain't no games. But we're going to at least try to do it once a week. We appreciate y'all. We're going to start. We're going to be fielding questions too to answer the questions that you guys have. Uh, but on that note, we're out.